No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we'll see where Moses grows up and sees himself as the deliverer of the Hebrews, but this gets him into trouble. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Exodus chapter 2 on Simply the Bible. The children of Israel were suffering bitter bondage in Egypt. Meanwhile, a Hebrew named Moses grew up in Pharaoh's household as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He was being groomed to be royalty in Egypt. We pick it up in Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he looked this way and that way. When he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. Stephen, as he recounts Hebrew history in Acts chapter 7, gives us more details. At that time, Moses was born a beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home for three months. When they had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own son. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. One day, when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite, so Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. As Moses grew up in Pharaoh's household, he was very likely being trained to become the king of Egypt. This would have been his legal right as the adopted son of the princess if there was no other successor to the throne. Stephen tells us that Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians. This likely meant that he was sent to the great city and university of Heliopolis, the city of the sun. The Egyptians were the most advanced civilization in the world at that time. They were knowledgeable in astronomy and chemistry and had a tremendous library. Moses became powerful in both speech and action. The first century Jewish historian Josephus tells us that Moses became a distinguished soldier and led the Egyptian troops against the Ethiopian city of Moreau, which he took. So it was that when Moses was 40 years old that he visited his Hebrew relatives. Probably for quite some time he had been deeply troubled every time he saw an Egyptian mistreating one of them. And perhaps he even felt guilty that he was the recipient of such luxury and opportunity and favor and education while they suffered as slaves under brutal Egyptian taskmasters. The author of Hebrews tells us, By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, 
for he looked to the reward. As the Hebrews suffered in bitter bondage, they no doubt longed for their Messiah, the promised seed, the one to come and deliver them from Egyptian oppression. While Moses' understanding of the Messiah would have been limited, he reasoned that there were great spiritual riches to be found in identifying with this Messiah, who was despised by the world but honored by God. Therefore, he chose to suffer affliction with his Hebrew brethren rather than to be the prince of Egypt. On this momentous day, Moses saw an Egyptian abusing an Israelite, and he couldn't stand it anymore. So he raised his hand up as Cain had done so long ago and killed the Egyptian. It wasn't quite a crime of passion, for Moses looked this way and that way before slaying the man. But had he looked up, then perhaps he would have realized that this was not God's way. It wasn't his plan. Moses knew it was wrong because he hid the body in the sand. Stephen tells us that Moses did this because he believed that God had chosen him to deliver the Hebrews and that they would understand this. But they didn't. Verse 13. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, Why are you striking your companion? Then he said, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. The Hebrews did not accept Moses ruling over them. And the man in the wrong rudely answered Moses, Who made you a prince and judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Moses was shocked and afraid that the people knew. In this, Moses is a prototype of Christ. For when he sought to lead Israel the first time, they rejected him. But when he came again, they would receive him. Verse 15, when Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. The author of Hebrews continues, It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Moses was running away from Pharaoh, but he had faith that in leaving Egypt and everything he had known behind, God would make a way for him. So, he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. This is the secret of achieving a truly better life. Most people are content to remain in Egypt, as it were, which is a picture of the world. They would rather enjoy the pleasures of sin, even though they are temporary and ultimately unsatisfying, than to hold fast to that which is true. But when we are convicted of our sins by the Holy Spirit, then we want to leave them behind because we believe in something better that lies ahead. Like Moses, we forsake what is comfortable and personally advantageous to lay hold of that which is difficult but beneficial to others and has eternal value. What we have known is temporarily pleasurable, but what we pursue is eternally satisfying and real. 
This is the way of faith and the way of Christ. And those who travel this straight and narrow path find eternal life. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters and they came and drew water and they filled the troughs to water their father's flock. Then the shepherds came and drove them away, but Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. Moses arrived in the land of Midian and sat down by a well. No doubt he was weary from his journey and fearful that the Egyptians were pursuing him. He then saw seven sisters coming to the well to draw water for their flock, but the male shepherds came out and drove them away. Of course, they waited until the girls had drawn all the water first. They were just plain old mean. When Moses saw this, it made his blood boil. But not to the same degree as with the Egyptian who mistreated the Hebrew. Moses stood up against the boys and helped the girls water their flock. He was a natural deliverer. Verse 18. When they came to Ruel, their father, he said, How is it that you have come so soon today? And they said, an Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds, and he also drew enough water for us and watered the flock. So he said to his daughters, And where is he? Why is it that you have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Now, Ruel was a Midianite, who was also known as Jethro. The Midianites were descendants of Abraham by Keturah. At this point in their history, they were probably monotheistic in contrast to the Egyptians who had over 2,000 gods. I think it's sort of humorous that Ruel asks his daughters, how come you're home so early? Evidently, he was accustomed to them being hassled by the male shepherds and showing up late all the time. They responded that an Egyptian delivered them, which tells us that Moses looked like an Egyptian dressed like an Egyptian, and yes, he probably even walked like an Egyptian. Ruel seems upset that his daughters didn't show the Eastern hospitality they should have shown and invited the man to eat a meal with them. Verse 21, Then Moses was content to live with the man, and he gave Zipporah his daughter to Moses, and she bore him a son. He called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. Ruel was kind to Moses, and Moses probably figured he wasn't going to get a better offer anytime soon. I don't know if the fact that he had seven daughters had anything to do with Moses' decision to hang around a while, but soon Ruel gave Moses his daughter Zipporah in marriage. She bore him a son, and Moses called his name Gershom, which means foreigner, for he was a stranger in a foreign land. It seems that Moses never did really completely settle in the land of Midian. Perhaps it was because God had something else for him. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage and they cried out and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. The king of Egypt died. May I say that every bully will ultimately die, whether it is the ruthless and murderous Egyptian monarch 
or King Herod the Great who killed the babies of Bethlehem, or Adolf Hitler, or so many others who do not fear the holy God of the Bible. These fearsome villains are here and then suddenly they're gone to their eternal reward. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. The children of Israel were groaning because life was brutal. But they went the next step. They cried out to God. Many people groan because they don't like their lot in life. They're always looking for somebody else to blame. But do they cry out to God for his mercy and deliverance? The Lord saw them in their bondage and misery and remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's not to say that God forgot about his promise or about them. He had told Abraham, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge. Afterward they shall come out with great possessions. Everything was happening on God's timetable and according to God's plan. Our problem is that God's timing is so very rarely our timing. But when it is God's time, then nothing can stop him from carrying out his purpose. The people were crying out, but they would have to wait another 40 years. Moses first had to go back to school for a 40-year degree in the desert of Sinai. You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see that after 40 years of herding sheep in the desert... Moses sees a burning bush that changes his life. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Exodus on Simply the Bible.